Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 53 of the Game Sharks Podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, video games part two. Again. The Reckoning. This is equal. This is part two of our Game of the Year nominee discussions. This should be the last episode. Uh, joining, me, joining me today is Andrew. Hello. Derek. Hello. And Tikon. Hello. All right, gentlemen, we're just going to get right into it and pick up where we left off uh, on the last episode, and we're going to get back into our Game of the Year nomination discussion. So, uh, first category we are going to talk about right now is Best Narrative. So, kind of almost a companion to Best uh, Writing, which is what we left off with last time, but uh, definitely different. This is obviously, uh, here's the little excerpt about it. The game that delivered the most well-paced and engaging story throughout its gameplay. Okay, let's get into it. Anyone have any uh, anything they want to throw out there right out the gate? Hmm. I feel like this might be one of the most subjective categories. I, I agree. <laughs> um, I'll go first, and I will. I'll throw Ghost of Tsushima in the hat. I don't think it was anything like extraordinary, but it had very strong moments and it was very cohesive and well paced. Mm. Plus all of the uh like the additional narratives with, yeah, uh, with the, the side characters. Yeah. The the stories within the greater story, I think, were all pretty fantastic. And in, like I was very invested in all of them. Mm. This yeah. this this is a tough category to like get into the mindset of when compared to, but i think you just like cleared it for me jeff okay in what way I was, I was having a hard time differentiating from best writing and best narrative and i was like wasn't thinking i was like thinking of ghost of Tsushima, and i was like i don't know like you know like it's not it's nothing groundbreaking it's nothing you know but then you're right it does it's so well paced and and it is engaging throughout the entire thing. the The side quests are are interesting. You want to like p- finish them and and you know experience those characters. And I think that has made this a lot easier. Is to think about what should uh, go in this category. Yeah, going forward. Mm. Um. So I think another. I feel like overall this was a pretty okay year for story i don't think there was anything that was over the top amazing yeah you know i'm like i'm looking at this list maybe like some big jrpg we didn't play but yeah um i think miles morales has to be on here i think that was oh yeah very well story i agree top to bottom uh flowed very nicely nice because they uh did the more refined game the the story was also more refined than the first game a lot less filler mm. and it just kind of like a like ghost of Tsushima, it flowed really really well and every every like story beat in that game hits you the way that it should mm. yeah for sure and they they do a good job of avoiding like the superhero cliches i feel like mm. uh with with at least like the plot uh i you know i feel like especially after the first game where it's like the the stakes are pretty high like you know all of new york is under attack by this plague and i was worried that's what was going to happen again it was going to be like oh no all of new york is now like 
going to be a shit show and and you know just three months later but they by keeping it like just to harlem like at the end when like they were you know it's like the reveal of of oh no like the reactor is actually more unstable and it will destroy i i was worried it was gonna be like it's gonna destroy all new york and it's like it's gonna destroy all of harlem and yeah. it's like oh this isn't if, if miles were to fail here it's not like a world ending thing it's like you know, it's more the stakes are a little more personal to him than the like world. The the world's going to end kind of kind of beats. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely see. What you're I appreciate about. those for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. I think yeah, that one's a gimme. Uh, Tyler, what about you? Is there any anything that you're thinking of for best narrative that sticks out? Uh, well, I, I feel like it's obvious what I'm going to choose. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy, because I was like obsessed with that game when it came out i had to like make myself not play it all in like three days i had to <laughs> space it out but i i fell in love with that story like i have said multiple times it is now my second favorite game of all time just under halo 3 but don't think could probably ever beat halo 3 um yeah i i was just so engrossed in the story especially because i've never played the first one so i don't know if that makes it mm. I think so. Better the, or worse for me? Yeah. The first one already has a really good, deep, interesting story. And I think Final Fantasy VII Remake takes that already good story and stretches it out and fills it in, but not in a filler type way. It just gives all the characters more time to shine and gives you chances to understand them and their motives and what they want to do with their lives, you know? Like Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge are all characters who you they're in the first hour of the game two hours of the game and then you like that's it they're kind of like written off but in this game they're important people and i feel like jesse especially you really learn about a lot about her and her past <laughs> and her motives and why she's doing what she's doing why she joined avalanche and i feel yeah it did a really good job of taking an existing story and expanding it in a a creative way and an original way too it it, I feel like it kind of does what Clone Wars does for the like for Attack of the Clones, and mm. um, it took you know like that two-hour movie or whatever, and put seven seasons into it, and just expanded on the story of all the clones, and like you really, they really humanizes them and stuff, and I don't know, I liked it, I liked that a lot. Yeah, no, I I agree with you in in that aspect. Uh, and then on top of that, all of the stuff it's doing that's new and it's making it its own game and more of a sequel to Final Fantasy VII than an, like a direct remake because there's all the stuff with the whispers and the and the destiny. Oh yeah, um, and the fates. Yeah, it's, uh, again, a reminder that we're going to be spoiling most of the games we talk about. So if there's anything in particular you don't want to know the ending for. Well, we did already have a spoiler yeah, cast on been, this too. That is true. Which. That just come everything in that episode completely blew my mind from yeah, not having yeah. played the first one. When I and went I, into this game, not even knowing Aerith dies, <laughs> Aerith dies. What? Yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think that what elevates it even more is how much the narrative has persisted within our consciousness for the last nine months. Not only be like how they're going to adapt the remainder of final fantasy 7 into part 2 but 
what the hell they're going to do with the narrative they set up using this game. Mm, for sure. Like, like it, the it, amount of questions it simultaneously answers and and ele- and like brings up and like yeah is insane yeah that is exactly what i was about to say too it made it was like a water cooler game you wanted to talk about what happened and what it means and what it could mean in the future and all that kind of stuff it was like a big discussion especially for us and it was really really cool and something i wasn't expecting to come out of this game i was just expecting it to be a shot for shot remake that was expanded a bit but it, yeah they chose to do new things with it which is really really cool uh okay so what about you derek is there anything that you're thinking that kind of stands out um this is tough Mm. uh just like looking at the games that came out this year and kind of uh okay you know have narratives uh that are are pretty good. Um, part of me thinks that The Last of Us should be up there, but then there's part of me that thinks that the narrative for that game is more flawed than the previous three we just put on there. Yeah. So like that's that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> the Last of Us is kind of. <laughs> I think we should see if we can find five other things because don't get me wrong. The narrative in the last of us part two is, is great. I love it, but it has issues, particularly it has with pacing. pacing yeah. Like, and that's, yeah. it's like, can you be considered for best story? If your story isn't paced? Well, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's weird. So I was thinking and like, I think, I think final fantasy has some pacing issues too, but I think it makes up for that by what it's doing with the actual contents of its story yeah. where last of us doesn't do that well, i i think <coughs> final fantasy's pacing issues is more gameplay related than story yes, related right whereas whereas the last of us's pacing issues definitely story related um yeah. so i think i think last of us could have been made immeasurably better uh if they just even swapped around some of their pieces yeah you know and set them in different orders yeah and uh, i re-listened to our last of us spoiler cast recently and we were talking about how they had done a bunch of testing uh in studio um what's the word i'm looking for focus testing and yeah and i'm assuming that this they decided this was the best way to tell the story because they had it in a bunch of different orders for in several iterations uh, and this is the one that we got. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, but I we all seem to agree that there is definitely pacing issues there. So it can, yeah, can we nominate it when it had very clear flaws? Even though when it didn't have flaws, like in like the earlier stuff with Ellie, it all worked so well up until like mm. the the latter half of the game. I I wonder if they ever had them swapped. You do Ellie's or Abby's first, and then Ellie. Yeah, I wonder. I kind of wonder how that would flow. I. It doesn't seem like it would work at all. But I wonder if they ever did try that. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> like you know how someone took the the Star Wars prequels and edited edited them into like one three hour movie. Yes, I yeah, would love. Yep. I this isn't possible because you can't edit a game like you can edit a a, a movie, but like have that game and restructure it in a more condensed 
version. I just want to experience yeah. it in different ways and see if it flows better, you know? That would be I, a really cool thing. Yeah, I feel like the closest thing you have is, like, level select. And even then, like, you, you don't really have a control over what cutscenes play when or what, you know? It's like, you just have to do what the level and then go back and like all right maybe i'll play you know maybe i'll play yeah. abby day one first and then i'll play ellie day one first and see how if that changes how the story plays out you know i yeah. like that's the closest we can get yeah um i think we should sideline the last of us for right now and see if we can't find other things that yeah i think that's fair are better here uh cyberpunk andrew you beat the story Mm-hmm. Is there any value to the overall main story of Cyberpunk? I don't I don't think so. The story is definitely the most redeeming part of that game for me. Uh but it still fell flat cuz mm-hmm. there I I really liked what it was setting up with its narrative in kind of the part acts 1 and 2. But by act 3, it's just I feel like they have all of these pieces in place that like try to come together but are just all parallel to each other so it feels like you're playing through three different storylines of this game none of them interweave or have anything to do with each other whatsoever and like and the game expects you to be invested in them when you could play like 15 hours focusing on one story and then all of a sudden they're like oh hey remember this we're gonna we're gonna flesh that out now, and it's gonna be a, a really important part of Act Three. Uh, so none of it made sense at the end, hmm. and then the actual ending that they gave was pretty unsatisfactory as well. Um, okay. So so compared to yeah, the three that we've already no kind yeah of... compared to the compared to these three, it's not even close. Okay, but you... it is. It is the most redeeming part of that game. You're also the only one that played Avengers, and I know you spoke very highly of Avengers story, and it's kind of its only redeeming quality. So yeah, pretty wh- much. what do you think about that? I mean, it's just another Marvel story. You know? Okay. Like it's something it's not nothing we haven't seen before. I don't so think it's... does does Miles Morales feel more special than just an average yes, Marvel absolutely. story? You think so? Okay. Yeah. But you don't think Avengers kind of pushes that boundary no and the and the reason i think is because of what i've stated previously in that miles morales focuses on miles morales whereas Mm. marvel's avengers is trying to juggle not only kamala khan but also bruce and tony and the cap you know and i think those characters are you know they're not bad they're not you know some of them are pretty well done um but it's just like I wish it was just Kamala Khan, you know, and sure yeah. she's the main character, but it's doing, it's trying to do too much with the rest of it. Yeah, I I see what you're getting at. Okay, and uh, I don't think I don't think it'd be better than. I don't. It's not in my top five, basically. Okay. Um, what about Yakuza Like a Dragon? I've I've played. Like, I think so. I've played ten fifteen hours, and I love what I've seen so far. Uh, and so you beat it, Andrew, or are you, nope. did you beat it yet? No, but you're pretty I far along. It. I actually, I haven't touched it in a couple of weeks. Does the story no maintain reason. its tightness and like, yeah. Okay. I'd say that the story has, has consistently gotten better the more I play. Okay. I just, the, the last thing I played, I, I just hit a major fucking plot twist and I'm like, I really want to see how that plays out. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, and I, I think that what makes that game so compelling is that it's not a JRPG about, you know, high schoolers killing God, right? Yeah. It's like you're you're just a forty-something-year-old dude with three other forty-something-year-old people, and you're going around beating the shit out of mobsters. <laughs> it's just, it's like, but the so the game itself is so grounded, but they're still able to tell a compelling story within that structure, which mm. you don't often see in JRPGs. So I think it's just yeah. and like what I've experienced with the story so far, even what we were saying with Ghost of Tsushima, the side content in that game is really unique and fun. And I like am genuinely interested sometimes to see where things play out. Like there was this and, and it's also appealing just based on its like and its wow factor. Sometimes there's one side quest I did where there's this guy who um his like he his like kink is being hurt but like he has a perfect body or something so like he can't like regular things don't harm him hmm. so you have to like try and figure out something that can that can hurt him it's it's insane <laughs> okay i mean yeah i could get behind putting it on here cuz i've loved everything i've played so far uh, it has felt like one of the more compelling stories yeah this year um i don't know how about how Derek and Tyler feel because Derek, you haven't even started yet, right? No, I, I haven't. But okay. I feel like I I've heard enough really good things to trust uh, you guys putting it on there, and I do plan to start it before our final podcast. Before the votes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the last one I had in mind, and there's a couple I think I people could make arguments for, but the last thing I was thinking was Hades. Uh, I think it's not only what the story is it's telling, but also how it's telling it that makes this game so compelling, where it's it's like through the run-based gameplay, you're learning bit by bit as you go through this gameplay loop, and you're developing bonds with these characters uh, like uh, Nyx and Hades himself, and even Cerberus, who you don't have a lot of interaction with, but as you get further and further in the game, your relationship with Cerberus changes a little bit and learning from the legend Achilles who teaches you and then your brother Thanatos and and all the Olympian gods too you're developing a relationship with each one of them individually and just like incrementally you learn more and more and get have your relationship be deeper and deeper um and then once you beat the game and you kind of achieve that initial greater goal of Zagreus and you, you just learn you get all these information dumps every time you beat the game uh, about his, his like family and his past, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit dodgy about what I'm saying here. Uh, but yeah, I think how it tells its story is also very interesting in comparison to the story itself, which is very cool. Uh, the son of Hades trying to escape hell, you know, learn the past of his mother and his family. Derek, how far did you end up getting in Hades? Did you ever end up beating the boss? I I beat... I've made it... I completed a run, I'll okay. say. Yeah. And then I've kind of progressed a little bit after that, I guess. But I don't think I'm anywhere close to the final ending, right? I think you yeah, said it's, it's like 10, 10 completions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've gotten another one. I maybe got one more. Okay. Since... What are your thoughts on its narrative? I, I think it has a very, very good narrative. Uh, yeah, this was going to be, I think, one of my suggestions. Uh, yeah, it just all 
it's crazy. I think it, like what makes it, I feel like, so such a good nominee for best narrative is they take a roguelike and they make it a well-paced and engaging story throughout the time you're like it literally i think defines the category Mm. you you know it the the story every time you 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 know like you get a new boon you get an interesting little kind of story fact or you know the, the story kind of progresses a little bit you either learn about you know uh your your relationship with the gods or or a god's relationship with another god or like you know every time you fail a run kind of you know the story progresses just a tad and it's it's very cool to see a game do that yeah Um, i feel like it's one of the first games that do it successfully yeah on on a game that like the you it's either you succeed or you fail the fact that failing progresses the story is really really cool Mm. and then succeeding progresses it like in such a deep satisfying way right right you're very excited when you beat it but it's also not the end of the world because you are going to learn more and you're going to have new interactions with characters yeah there's there's more to go through there's more story beyond this Mm. i i think hades is a very strong contender here i yeah i i feel like roguelikes usually it's the gameplay that keeps you going it's it's getting trying to get to the end it's trying to beat it but i feel like through most of hades it was the narrative that was really driving me forward as i played it Mm. you know most most roguelikes i think i've played by the time i finish it once it's kind of like all right i might pick this up again you know another time but you know i don't like i don't think i've touched slay the spire since i slew the spire gotcha like you know, I haven't touched it that you know, and yeah. but this game like I I beat it and then I played it like another four hours after that because I was like I need to know you know what's going on and the only reason I feel like I'm not still playing it right now is because like I've got other games mm. I want to finish for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so it seems like we have five really strong nominees yeah. here. Is there yeah. anything that we haven't mentioned that anyone yeah. thinks can contend? I'd say the only other one is Bug Snacks. <laughs> See, I thought about Bug Snacks, and I think it's it's more so the characters and the writing, less so the narrative. Yeah, I, the narrative overall is kind of bad. Yeah. What do you and mean? It, it's 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 kind of pointless. It's like person goes to island to find mystery person. You know, it's like the story's it, not interesting. It's the peep, the characters in the world that's interesting, and I think yeah, you could do we, that with literally any game on this list. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. I don't think the Bug Snacks narrative pays off in any way. I think it is awful <laughs> narratively. Huh. As cool as all the characters were and like their stories, I think like from an overall like stories perspective from beginning to end, it just like is all over the place and ends up somewhere where you f- I felt like it shouldn't have ended, but like they just for some reason threw in that twist then when i don't know they could have built up to their ending better narratively but like the only hint you really have of all the weird stuff going on is like 
you might catch a glimpse of like the the Sasquatch bug snack thing like once in a while. And other than that, it's like everything else seems to be normal except for the fact that Lisbert is missing. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the story was simplistic and didn't really go anywhere. I'm kind yeah. of on the same page as Derek here. Like, the story it. was f- f- learning about the characters, and then all of a sudden we have, oh, by the way, the Bug Snacks Island is evil, and the Bug Snacks are evil, and you have to get off the island. And it's like, what? All how did that? All of that just comes in in a second, basically. Hmm. Is there, if you wanted to put Bug Snack on this list, Andrew, what would you consider getting rid of? I mean, I wasn't necessarily saying put it on the list. I'm just oh. saying that's the only other one I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, con- I was thinking about. Gotcha. So do you do you think Hades should go on this, and then we we're done? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's do it then. Let's throw Hades on there, and we have our nominees for best narrative, which is Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Hades. All right. Let us move on to best soundtrack. So I asked everyone to kind of gather some clips from music of music from games that they wanted to talk about. Andrew and I were the only ones who did it. (laughs) So um, I'm going to quickly share my screen with you, gentlemen. Screen. Uh, We're going to do this. We're going to do this. All right. So now you can you can join in and you can listen in with the music with me as we play it. Um, Andrew, you you sent one one clip of uh, Yakuza like a dragon. You, That's correct. And you said I'm not super invested in it as a whole, but I just want to give a nod to this one original Kamurocho yeah. Kamurocho battle theme. So I'm gonna play that for us real quick. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, the song is a fucking jam. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely all over the place in a good way. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like I it's I think it was a great cuz that's the first song you hear pretty much in the game like in your first battle. And I was like, what a fucking way to kick off this <laughs> sprawling adventure. And it's like I love EDM. Uh, so this like fits right up my alley. This is like one of my favorite styles of EDM. Mm. Um, so when as soon as this kicked in, I was like, "Oh yeah!" I was like, <laughs> let, "I was like, let's go." Um, but I don't think that the the soundtrack as a whole is one of my favorites. But I just wanted to give some acknowledge that some, one yeah. banger. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in a similar boat to you. You also sent me stuff for the Pathless. Mm-hmm. As one specific song from the Antlers, so I'll play that right now, and then you can talk about it a little bit. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, 
the Pathless soundtrack is composed by Austin Wintry, who composed Abzu and Journey. Hmm. Um, and it is, it's probably, it's, I think it should be on this list without a question. It's one of the best soundtracks that's come out this year. Oh, wow. All um, right. Do you have any other example, like song examples specifically, so we can get another sense? I mean, I'm just going to pick it one. Was, yeah, it was, it was really hard to pick one. All of it is just so well All done. Right. This All one is called use, um, Nimune. Those are like Star Wars French horns right there. Mm-hmm. Mm. What is this from? The Pathless. Oh. We'll do Whoa. one more. We'll, we'll, uh, this one is called Into the Mountains. This one's a bit on the slow side. Let me skip forward. Ooh. Okay. Actually, Jeff, I would say skip to the end. Uh, the path to salvation. The path to salvation. All right, here we go. Which I believe is the final boss theme. This is very cinematic and orchestral. I really yeah. dig this. Mm. Yeah, and it incorporates so many, I think, different uh, instruments into it that are all very tribal. They're all like very Eastern, mm. which really fit into this game's themes. Um, and I, I there's in this soundtrack video on YouTube, there's a lot of kind of artists' notes about like the processes and like what they were thinking. And I think during the Path to Salvation, he says like this is where like we bring together everything and like every instrument gets a chance to shine. Uh, and so not only is it a culmination of the soundtrack, it's the also the culmination of the game. Mm. Um, yeah, I liked that a lot. I could I could definitely see that on this list. I don't yeah, know how the I rest think. of you feel. No, I thought that was really cool. All right, yeah, let, let's put it on, on there right now. I'm I'm down for that. Or we can like yeah. if if things get tight, we can readdress it, but I'm feeling pretty good about it right now for sure. Yeah, I love that soundtrack. Um shout out to the one bug snack song. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, that's that's it. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. I thought its music was great, especially yeah. this main theme. So let's just play for a minute. Skip ahead a sec. There we go. <laughs> so I really liked this soundtrack from this game. It was it very was, catchy. Yeah, all of it yeah. was like anytime I'd go back to the main menu, I was like, dun, 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 dun. it was like, yeah, let's go. It's like pumped you up a bit everyone wanted more music out of breath of the wild and this is what it is this is what it would have been you know it's that breath of the wild world but it's thriving and alive and there's 
like a massive war going on you know and the music really reflects that and i was really digging a lot of the music of hyrule warriors yeah zelda music is always a shoe in right uh and i feel like this is some of the most epic zelda music we've ever gotten this is like Mm. oh wow really yeah so like every zelda game has a couple like really epic songs for late boss fights but i felt like across the whole game we got that level of epicness just because everything you're doing is fighting these giant monsters and large armies you know mm. um so I'm, i don't need to necessarily put it on the list right now but i think it is definitely worth considering i don't know how you guys are feeling about it Derek. you haven't really mentioned anything yet about your we thoughts can, uh, we can keep it on the short list i would say yeah Derek. i think it uh it's pretty good i i have been enjoying it from a uh like soundtrack perspective i mean it it definitely it captures i think the zelda feel well and then it captures like that breath of the wild feel of zelda which is like you know what i think a lot of people were really looking forward to out of this game was more breath of the wild kind Mm. of style zelda sweet all right um does anyone have anything else anything they want to talk about because i've kind of just been like going down my list real quick I just threw uh, a track on on your list or whatever. In the dock? All right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Metal as hell, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that picture great yeah uh, doom soundtrack might be the most thematically fitting to its game out of anything yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah it's up there 100 percent agree with that the doom eternal soundtrack is pretty phenomenal I, I feel like we talked about this game a lot when it came out and then uh both andrew and i i think just like stopped playing it because well, be final here. fantasy 7 came out did you finish it andrew yeah okay you did finish it okay mm-hmm. i well i stopped playing it um yeah. and i recently picked it back up to try to get uh just more of a feel of it especially for this discussion and yeah like the the soundtrack goes so well with both the theme of the game and the gameplay of the game uh the first game had an insane soundtrack i think uh this game has if not better an equally as good soundtrack and uh one of the few i feel like for me games this year where like the soundtrack really stood out and is something like i would go back and listen to it just because it's so good mm, yeah for sure you can definitely tell they put a huge focus on that soundtrack and making it fit perfectly with the game yeah um yeah i'm, I'm right there with you i think that one is pretty incredible mm. uh Tegan, there's one you want to talk about <laughs> seems like it's all, all you ever want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> i can never remember the midnight rendezvous uh, is that uh, yes. that's what it's called this one right here yeah yeah this is from Final Fantasy VII Remake. This this song, this moment when this song happened is when I fell in love with the game. Um, I don't know, all the music, I think, on this. Yeah. And this game was, like, even the, like, the start menu and stuff. The prelude. The classic one, yeah. 
So, I pulled aside three songs from Final Fantasy VII Remake. There's that one. It's all of them kind of span a different uh, like aspect of the game. There's that one where it's calm, peaceful, and you get that fantasy, magical vibe from it as you're exploring this unknown part of Midgar that you haven't been in yet. Then we have this one, which it's uh, a version of Tifa's theme when uh, you're in Don Corneo's mansion and things get crazy and you've heard like a couple different versions of Tifa's theme but then this version plays and Andrew you're talking about EDM <laughs> <laughs> And there's no other point in the game where music like this is playing, and it's just like, yeah. whoa! <laughs> I don't remember this at all. When, is this, when does this happen? So this is uh, when Tifa and Aerith are like beating up the thugs in Corneo's mansion because okay. he picked Cloud, and they're like, all right, we gotta get to Cloud. <laughs> and that's, just and that song is so empowering, right? Like, it, that's right? yeah. That's like, all right, these two girls are gonna beat the shit out of all these thugs. It's that's so fucking good. amazing. Boy, I don't right? remember that. Oh, I yeah. loved, and I love fucking drum and bass. Yeah, which I, brings me to my next point. I don't know. I'd put another link in the in the doc. Is it for Final Fantasy? Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> here we go. This came oh, out of nowhere yeah. too. It's just the battle yeah. theme that they did a super hype version of for yeah, doing pull ups. <laughs> drum and bass, Pokemon gym battle. Like, oh, yeah. That's what's so amazing about this game is it is, <laughs> it ran the like, game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeff. So I've been listening. Place, hold on. Hold on. So I got well. I got one more Final Fantasy VII one. This is like one of my. No, 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 no. Oh, I boy. have to correct your grammar. It's it's run the gamut. It's not there's gambit. No, no, there's no what? B. It's it's G A M U T. Run really? the gamut. What? Yeah. Experience, display, or perform of a complete range of something. I've been huh. saying run the gambit my whole life. Well, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I used to say nip it in the butt, and it's, but it's bud, duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, now I'm an idiot. Oh, well. <laughs> Anyways, the, the last Final Fantasy VII song I wanted to play is, uh, it's one of my all-time favorite Final Fantasy VII songs, and then just the, the remade version when you're fighting Genova. <laughs> Yes! I need to play this game again. It's so incredible. <laughs> uh, I think there's no world where Final Fantasy VII Remake isn't in this category. Absolutely yes. not. I think we can all agree with that. I just didn't want to shout it out first right away. That's fair. I mean, to be, I think it really is the first one anyone would say when they're thinking about soundtracks from this year. Hmm. Uh, the, the original Final Fantasy VII soundtrack is already so iconic, and hearing all of the reorchestrated versions of those songs and those curveballs, like the EDM stuff, yeah, is is insane. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, how did everyone feel overall about Cyberpunk soundtrack? Personally, I hated it. It was oh, just a ripoff of Doom. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. It, mo- it just felt sounded like no, like it. I was expecting more like I don't know techno-y stuff, but it went like. Hardcore, yeah. like punk, 
I can I only think of that I guess that makes song sense, that they play in like all the commercials. Other than that, I don't remember any other song. Okay, I just wanted to see if that it like stuck with anyone. It did not. Okay, I turned I turned the music off in the car anytime I was in the car. Uh, I pulled one the main theme from uh, Spider Man Miles Morales. I'm gonna play that real quick. So I think it's really cool because it's like it sounds like Spider-Man music, but it has that hip hop undertones, which mm-hmm. makes it very miles, which is really cool. Mm. But I don't know. I feel like the whole the the whole game feels samey. Like the whole game sounds like that, basically. I feel like you hear that one song like a lot throughout the majority <laughs> of lot. the game. Yeah. So like I wanted to give a nod to what how they transformed the stuff from spider-man 2018 and gave it the miles morales spin and did such a good job with it Mm. but i don't think there's anything in particular that really stands out and it's like yeah it's the whole game sounds like this and that's cool for that game and it did a really good job with it but it's not like an entire soundtrack that's worth you know getting behind Mm -hmm. but i did want to at least give it the nod um does anyone have any feelings towards Ghost of Tsushima's music? I don't remember any of it. <laughs> I do. It, yeah, still very early yeah. on in the game. All right, Derek, talk about it. Uh, uh, so I, I posted, I think, the, like that probably the most memorable track just now. Okay. Uh, um, if you want to play that. See, I don't know. That's not doing anything for me. I feel like it's just like background ambiance as opposed to Mm. strong music. I don't know if other people feel differently. I I guess I I think for me is that it thematically the soundtrack fits so well with the kind of uh, yeah, the setting, the vibe, the um, like I guess it goes really hand in hand with the uh, like the direction of the game. Mm. Like the game is is pulled from from samurai movies or of of from like the you know like the sixties and uh, what's I can't remember the director's name. You know the the, the y- uh, Kurosawa. Uh, yeah, Kurosawa. Uh, yeah, like so you you know you have the Kurosawa mode and and um, I I think when you like add it and so maybe th- this. Maybe soundtrack. Maybe it doesn't have the best soundtrack in the sense of like standalone. And yeah. maybe this is a better there's nothing, there's nothing really for another category. Hmm? So there's nothing really unique about it. I guess I, I'm thinking of it in the sense that it, it enhances I, the I, game quite a bit, but I would I never listen does. to it without playing the game. 
Right. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's a good... I think when you compare it to maybe the other... A couple, you know, a few of the other tracks, or the other songs, the other soundtracks we've been discussing, um, it's maybe too subtle in the experience to like make it pop. I think it's too um, cinematic. To uh, be like, I mean, I feel like it's the Pathless is very cinematic, and but like, it's it's giving me more emotion than the Ghost of Tsushima stuff is. If that makes sense. I so I guess I'm I'm thinking of this as the the those games uh, like when you listen just listening to the song you you are you're like feeling something where I feel like maybe Ghost leans more towards you have to be seeing playing and listening to the music to like fully you know pull it all together so i i guess i'm now stepping back a little bit on this and saying okay. well maybe this this what i what i'm thinking of goes better in a different category hmm. um all right i want to give a shout out to star renegades Ooh. dude this soundtrack is so cool like it Uh, we're gonna play this next song called Into the Unknown, not the one from Frozen. This is what I thought Cyberpunk's soundtrack was going to be like. Yeah. So, like, I think it could personally be on my top five. And I, I don't know mm. if I could get you guys on my side for that to get it in this list. I think it is super cool. Uh, but if no one wants to, like, uh, kind of put their foot forward and get behind it, I'm totally fine with that. Mm. We'll keep Don't it on, on the short list, I suppose. See, the thing with the short list is there's two big games we still haven't talked about, so like I don't even think High Reward is going to stay on this. That's fair, yeah. Uh, and I don't know, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, but I just wanted to give that a huge shout out because I thought it was so cool. Um, all right, Ori. Ori's got some uh, real bangers. Yeah, Ori is so fucking good. I love everything that Ori is doing. I'll play some stuff from the Luba Pools. Mm. 
It's just like the quality of the music, I feel like, is so good. Yeah. Mm. And it's extremely fitting for like. Yeah. I, I feel like it's similar to Final Fantasy where it's hard not to see this on the list. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would agree to that. All right. <laughs> Throw Ori on there. <laughs> Can and then, do. And then the other one I think that's really incredible is obviously I, I have Hades here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about suiting the game. Yeah. This is the main theme called No Escape. Um, so yeah, I think all of Hades' music is so cool and so fitting. Uh, and then there's Good Riddance, which is the song that, uh, Eurydice and Orpheus yeah. play. Uh, so once you beat the game or beat, yeah, do finish 10 runs, you get a special song that's like a combination of every song. I'm going to play a bit of it for you right now. It's called In the Blood. skip ahead a little bit you get like that orchestral pieces you get that like metal pieces and then you get the duet between the two mm, who've been yeah. doing acoustic stuff the whole time oh it's so incredible That's very cool how that kind of all like fits together as uh, like the end credits of the game yeah yeah uh I think Hades music is so good, and I think it has to be on this list. Yeah, I think it's it does definitely to be on there. Yeah. Okay, so we have five here now. Is there mm -hmm. anything anyone hasn't mentioned, or is there anything anyone wants to contest? So, not to add or contest, but one game that I was just thinking of that I thought I had some pretty catchy stuff was Astro's Playroom. Mm. S. Oh fuck, you're right. S. S. G. Oh my god. The yeah. music has some like, <laughs> so super good. catchy songs for like just a simple introductory game for the PS5. Yeah, the GPU like, song. They went all out. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's really good. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. So I feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ori, Hades are all definite locks. I feel like Doom Eternal is also on that level. Yeah. I liked The Pathless a lot, but it's hard for me to get behind it without having the context of playing the game, which I think is something similar for you guys in Star Renegades. It's like you haven't uh -huh. you haven't lived in that music for an extended period of time. So, I don't know, compared to like Astro's Playroom, which is something we all played through and enjoyed. Um and then I'm still I still really liked Hyrule Warriors. So I feel like I don't know. What do we think? What is everyone kind of leaning for this fifth spot? If everyone could pick their own thing for this fifth spot, I'm curious what everyone would pick. Andrew, are you the pathless for the fifth spot? 
Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mine is Star Renegades, but uh, <laughs> I I would probably go Star Renegades, Hyrule Warriors, The Pathless. I don't know how Tcon and I'm curious as how you guys feel as both of you. Neither of you had played The Pathless or Star Renegades. Uh, I feel like I liked the Star Renegades one. Oh, also more than Room Pathless. Okay, what about you, Derek? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I like the Pathless. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, um, yeah, this is gonna be tricky. I don't feel like we can remove any of the other four, though. I think all of those are better than any of the ones we're considering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, would I agree would with that. One hundred percent agree to that. So it's just about finding this, this last one. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'll fight for the Pathless until the day that I fucking die, dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way about Star Renegades too, uh, but they're very different genres and styles of music. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I could, I could yield the Pathless to you because, like, in the end. Let's be honest, whatever this fifth game is, is probably going to be at the bottom of all of our lists compared to the other four that are there. I, I know guess that's it, a good point. Andrew, for you, the pathless would probably be higher, but like for the other three of us, I can't imagine a world where whatever we put in this fifth slot will be above yeah, no. those four. Unless it was Star Renegades for me, I would put that higher. I think after we're done, I'm definitely going to give each of the soundtracks a full listen oh yeah i'm gonna do a thorough listening of all of them for sure uh especially i'm gonna put a lot more time into doom eternal but like i have final fantasy 7's soundtrack is burned into my brain and so is ori and hades so i feel like i would need to i don't need to give those as much time yeah so i don't know what do we think do we want to just commit to the pathless do we want to go astros because everyone is more uh like hot on that as a collective I Hyrule think Astro Warriors. is fun and catchy, but mm-hmm. the Pathless is just so beautifully composed. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree with Andrew there. Like, and it sent like I would think just like listening to Star Renegade, like the other few. I think the Pathless sounds like a like soundtrack mm. that probably goes well with a game where like the Star Renegade stuff sounds cool, but like. You know, I don't. I I gotta. I feel like I got a feel of so, what the pathless is with yeah. listening to those songs, and I just. Or it's like you Star said Renegades, with Star Renegades. Some synthwave for me. That's like all I got out of that. It's yeah. it's like you said with Star Renegades. It's like that's what cyberpunk is and should be. So I only played you a couple songs, but like each class has their own theme that matches kind of their like the vibe of that class, and there's a bunch of different worlds that all have different music. It's yeah, like it's hard to give you a general idea of the whole soundtrack, but like I'm not gonna convince you. Uh, I think it's looking like the pathless is going to be what we should go with. What about Paper Mario? I can't remember a single song from that game. <laughs> <Are> there- <laughs> <laughs> I'm content with just locking in the pathless here. Sure, yeah. As am I. All right. Sure. Yeah, let's go for it. So, your nominees for best soundtrack are the pathless, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Hades. All right, well, let's do the next one. Best art direction. The game with the most appealing and consistent style across its visual design. Um, all right, 
I, I feel Ori. Uh, Ori's a hands down. Ori. See, I feel Ori. like there's a lot of hands down tiers. Ori, Hades, Hades. Ghost of Tsushima. Yep. I yeah. Feel, I feel uh, like those are locks. And like those, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but um, I would put Cyberpunk up there. I think that I, is the one. It like looks cool. I think that is the one thing that it has going for it. Yeah, like the they nailed the art direction for that game. I, I think vis, like visually, like that's I think the most appealing for some people is how visually cool it looks and like how easy it is to kind of get lost in this cyberpunk looking city. Like I can't think of a game that's open world as as encapsulating and like well designed. I you know visually, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, or that man that it hits, like, hits its theme pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, I I feel like for this one there might for these last two spots I feel like there's a couple that we could probably argue all kind of fit yeah. in here. So what about Paper Mario? I would say so. Yeah, I was actually thinking that. I think it uses its art direction in the most interesting way with like hiding toads in plain sight because they're paper. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think it does a really good job with all that, and I think it looks really cool. Uh, one thing that I want to give a shout out to is Legends of Runeterra. The artwork on those cards is incredible. <laughs> All of that artwork is so cool. And the fact that you can you can click on the card and get a bigger version of the artwork. And then even on top of that, you can click on this icon to get a full screen version of the artwork. And everything is so well designed and beautiful. And each thing matches its region perfectly. I'm not going to convince any of you that it's going to go on here, but I just wanted to say all of the artwork in Legends of Runeterra is I mean, top, I agree with you. Top notch. Yeah? You get I behind agree that? with you, but I don't think it should be on the top five. Yeah, okay. I just, like, just, wanted, to, just wanted to say that. Make sure everyone knows yeah. the artwork on those cards is so good. Um, okay. So, so we got Cyberpunk as a po- possible contender. We got... Um, Paper Mario as a possible contender. Age of Calamity. Mm. I mean, it looks pretty good, but it also just looks exactly like Breath of the Wild. It's not doing yeah. anything new and interesting. I don't think it does anything interesting with the art direction that was set for. Like, it's not. It's just the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to Star Renegades. I think that game looks really, really cool. Uh, it's got like that HD pixel art. Like, uh, what's it called? Did octopath traveler but i don't Mm -hmm. think it's anything i think some of the sprites look a little bit wonky and misshapen so uh it's definitely i don't think can get up to this caliber of the things we have already yeah um Um, has anyone helped i like i would also say the pathless for this see i think the pathless looks a little smudgy personally in what way just like i don't know it's not super crisp it looks like a watercolor painting which is cool i just just doesn't do it for me personally i think i guess the um yeah i mean that game is just so colorful yeah and all of the the main areas are very unique uh and they're very they're distinctive too Mm -hmm. um i really like the way it looks like i think uh, i i don't know it looks kind of bland to me personally i don't know how do you feel T- derek and Tikon? i don't yeah I I, like the polygons are simple and blocky 
I feel like having not played the game very much at all, I don't know. Like, like, all I know what it looks like is from a couple trailers. Like, I don't even remember. That's tough to kind of Uh, get behind. Yeah. I figured. (laughs) Um, So, I could get behind Cyberpunk. I think the visually the the art direction is it's like number one thing going for it looks cool as hell when things are looking properly in game like i can get behind that derek all right all right what about final fantasy 7 yes what about final fantasy i feel like (laughs) pretty good yeah i like a lot lot of the monsters design is really cool uh, I think when you look at how they took a like uh, sixty-four polygon G- game, yeah, a sixty-four polygon game for or from PlayStation One, and were able to like when you play when you fight the house thing for the first time, oh, Hell House, yeah, that was yeah. so cool. That was, like <laughs> blew my mind. It shouldn't work mm. in like a three D <laughs> like stylized game like this i feel like but it works because they just they did it right yeah like it worked in a silly 2d game like 2d ish game but yeah i like that was the one of the things i was like most interested in like how are they going to pull off some of these character designs and some of the like the funky the funky things and then you get it and it's like holy crap like this is so cool i'm fighting a house with machine guns and a flamethrower that like it transforms i don't know it's, it was yeah. crazy i think it's particle particle effects are on level with ghost of tsushima oh yeah uh <clears throat> and, and some of the prettiest particle effects out there um so yeah i could get behind these two being cyberpunk and final fantasy i don't know if anyone has any other did we did we nix paper mario i uh, paper mario is another one that i think is really really cool and looks really good it's just uh, the only problem is it looks like a, just a nicer version of every other Paper Mario game. Like they've been doing this since the N64. It's just gotten better every time, you know? Well, that's I mean, my I only. Could, I could say that Final Fantasy VII is, looks like a nicer Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, I think you could. That is a good point. <laughs> but I think. I... Uh, but I think an argument you can make is the art directions for both those games very, very different. Final true. Fantasy 15 is like this modern kind of it's like medieval look and then Final Fantasy 7 is this modern like cyber punky kind of yeah. weird dystopian society that like looks you know they committed to taking the dumb sprites from the original game and turning them into really cool big monsters whereas Final Fantasy yeah. 15's monsters are more like Big built, yeah, monsters. They're more built around that more realistic world that they were going for. Realistic in quotation. Yeah, obviously. right. You fight like mechs that like look like you know what you would think a mech would look like. Yeah, like you would never find Hellhouse or Abzu. Yeah. In Final Fantasy 15, so I get what Derek's coming from from that. Whereas in Mario, it's like okay, we're fighting Koopas again and Bobombs. Right. They. Like the the only time they look maybe a little Although, cooler is when they're the origami versions. Yeah, that is a good point. All the origami stuff is really cool, and then the bosses all being things that are like 
just like natural enemies of paper, like scissors and a staple. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All of that stuff is really cool. Um, so all right, it sounds like we're between Paper Mario, Cyberpunk, and Final Fantasy. Um, personally, I would probably pick Paper Mario and Final Fantasy. Uh, About Astro's Playroom. Astro's Playroom is really cool, but once you take a step back, everything is just some version of those bots. Right? Like, all of the interesting character stuff and all the the nods to other games, it's just all those bots. The bots, like, playing different things. It starts to get samey throughout. But there's more stuff in the art direction than just those characters. But that's... I'm, like, thinking back, none of the levels themselves stand out i guess they kind of were interesting it just feels very tech demo-y because it, it it is a tech demo you know i don't know what what are your thoughts on it andrew i mean it's i think it looks very appealing which is like one of the main words in that's our true. definition is it is it it's art style that's appealing or it's animation and graphics because i think it's animation and graphics are very appealing but i don't know if it's art direction is appealing <laughs> right yeah no i would agree to that i i guess so art direction is more the style and then get, graphics and animation is more technical and i think astro's playroom falls way more heavily yeah. under technical very technical i don't think i'd put a screenshot of astro's playroom on my wall mm. if you get what i'm saying yeah. Whereas I want a giant Hell House poster. Just... <laughs> I want my house to be a house. <laughs> yeah. Um. By that logic, if we're, I don't, yeah, I don't know. What is everyone leaning between those three? Um, and is there anything else that is in consideration? Tcon. Anything um, in consideration? And what are you pick like between those three? What two? Are standing out. Well, definitely Final Fantasy, but um, it's tough between. I'm trying to not let my disappointment with Cyberpunk cloud my judgment mm-hmm. because it really is like, if it works correctly, yeah. a beautiful rendition of like a very cyberpunk era and um. Even down to like the guns and the cars. Um, yeah, the ideas are there, which is yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. ideas look really cool. Like, there's no way in hell this could get nominated for best graphics and animation. But your god, no but art direction. <laughs> yeah, unless you have like a ten thousand dollar PC, then yeah, maybe you know <laughs> the graphics would work on that. Um, but like uh, Paper Mario. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I'd go definitely Final Fantasy and I guess Cyberpunk. So are we all definitely Final Fantasy? Derek? Yeah, I would say yes. Andrew? <laughs> yeah, you seem pretty meh about it. Kinda. Why, why are you meh I don't about know. it? Because when I think of that game... I don't think of its art direction. Like, that's the game, one of the games I envision when I think of graphics and animation. Hmm. See, I, for me, so it's I'm both. starting to think that we're thinking yeah, different it's also things both. about the categories. I don't know. 
I'm very confused at this moment. So art direction is like like uh, sketches. Like imagine like you even outside of the game itself, like concept art and like stuff like that. That's art direction. And, and like, like with Final Fantasy, they did such a good job of showing the differences between like the slums underneath, and then you have like the beautiful cityscape up top, like on the plates and the power plan. Mm. And I think a big problem with it is that we'll get way more in the future games when you're exploring more of the world as opposed to just Midgar. Oh, really? Yeah. Like there's way more landscapes and, and like um biomes and stuff as you explore the world. Like uh Cosmo Kin and stuff like that. God, City of the Ancients. Be. Um So what would your two be, Andrew? Uh Paper Mario the Pathless. Gotcha. I don't think that we're gonna get the Pathless on this list. I don't think so either, and I think you're all fools, but whatever. So so between I... the other three, Cyberpunk, Paper Mario and and Final Fantasy, which three of those, or which two of those? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Paper do Mario something. at least. Yeah. See, I think I would personally also pick Paper Mario over Cyberpunk, because while while Cyberpunk is cool and looks nice, it like it also looks like a lot of just general Cyberpunk, uh, like what's the the Blade Runner and stuff like that, you know? All right, I can get behind that. I can be pretty easily swayed with the Cyberpunk one. So, what do we think about Final Fantasy Paper Mario? I dig it. Is that something I everyone can... can can get behind? I suppose. Derek? Yeah, I can get behind that. Okay. Yeah, then I say let's lock that in. Uh, so, our nominees for Best Art Direction, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, Paper Mario, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Cool. All right. Let's move on to graphics. Actually, let's take a break. I got to pee. Uh, That's a good good call, actually. (laughs) Yeah, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and then we'll move on to the next one, which will be best graphics and animation. All right, we have returned and we're going to go right into our next category, which is best graphics slash animations the game that achieves the highest quality of technical and graphical fidelity of its characters and locations all right i'm gonna be real right out the bat there are three Spider-Man the last of us there are th- <laughs> i wasn't gonna say Spider. <laughs> there are three that need to be on this list and now that you say it there's four that need to be on this <laughs> list okay the last of us part two has the greatest animations in all of video games hands down yeah, is it really? yeah no oh, question yeah, yeah. The most accurate yet. animation and like physics of rope and glass breaking ever. Yeah, that game's unreal. Final, Final Fantasy VII Actually, remake it's better than Unreal. Final Fantasy VII remake has the greatest character models in all of video games. Like they because it's like yes. it's like not hyper realistic. It's like a cartoon realistic. Uh, they yeah. look they look incredible, and like the way that they their mouths match the way they're speaking, it's unmatched. Ghost of Tsushima has the prettiest landscapes in any video game ever. <laughs> like no contest with the like particle effects and the way that the leaves fall from the trees. It's it's gorgeous. Like in a technical standpoint. And then yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales is also just 
it like looks beautiful, beautiful with the lightning effects and swinging around the city. Yeah, I think and that also uh, rip demon souls. Yeah, so oh, man. That, would be, that would be on that the would be for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, so that just gives us one one more game because I feel like unless anyone says otherwise, those four games have to be on here. Oh yeah, because it was a remake. Uh, so I think some contenders could be Astro's Playroom. I think Ori could be a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Hades kind of falls short here. It's more about its art direction and its graphics and animations. They're just there. You know, I don't yeah, think it's doing anything. I would agree yeah, with that. yeah, no, I would so, agree. Not doing anything That's special. True. Um. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Does anyone have anything else that they're kind of leaning towards? What about know. other than the ones you mentioned? I would say Resident Evil. Resident Evil Three. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, those do look actually pretty nice. Is what you're gonna say, Derek? I would say, what about Yakuza? How would you guys like? How would you guys say that looks? I think it I looks think fine. fine. Yeah, it's not <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy though. Yeah, okay. no, yeah. nothing. It looks. It looks good. But yeah, it's not on the level of, of these ones, I would say. Uh, another shout out to Star Renegades with the, the HD pixel art. It looks so cool. Um, yeah, I don't I, know. What are we leaning towards? Obviously, I feel like this game. Obviously, like this game kind of is disqualified from this category. But when you actually look at Cyberpunk with, uh, <laughs> like, the yeah. graphics all the way up and with the RTX on. Uh, before your computer explodes, it looks really, really nice. Yeah, I feel like it could be the winner of best graph, best graphics in animation, and worst graphics in animation. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, like it could fit maybe best graphics, but the, the animations in that game aren't anything. Yeah, no, uh, they're not special. Special. Um, That's I, you know. They're bad. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's so That's inconsistent that there's no way we can nominate it. Um, so I think the two I'm kind of teetering back and forth between are Ori and um, Astro. And I think if it's between those, then it's Ori hands down. You think so? Yeah, that game. I would. Beautiful. I would agree. Yeah. I think. I think yeah. Ori is. It's, it's one of the only games you can beautiful. play in 6K. It's true, and, and when you're playing, really? so like playing 60 frames, uh, 4K on my TV, it's a. Oh my god. Yeah. It is incredible. <laughs> I I really need to try it on my my upstairs TV that can do uh, 120 hertz because I bet oh, it looks insane. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's okay. Yeah, now that we're talking about it, it's Ori all the way. All right, that was a really easy category because I feel like <laughs> yeah. like you, it's easy to see the top of the top and be like, of course this this game yeah. looks and performs the best. So best graphics and animation: The Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man, Miles Morales. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think this is going to be one of the hardest ones for me to order and like come up with a winner <laughs> for. Because they're all, they all succeed in incredible ways, but that are like slightly different from each other. Oh man! You know that's going to be a tough yeah. one. Yeah. All right. This is one of the ones I'm looking forward to, and this is I feel like this is the most us out of all the categories. Is best feeling game or best mm. game feel, however you wanna. Say it. Yeah. Uh, the game, game that feel, offers... game feel is like a an actual a term. term. Yeah, the game that offers the most consistently satisfying input response with its design. I think there's two obvious ones. I think so too. Being and we can... Ori and Spider Man, hands down. 
those yeah. are the most fluid out of any of the games. So it's just like moving yeah, around those like, worlds is incredible. When Ori <clears> came <throat> out, we made the comparison to the Spider-Man 2018, and then they made another Spider-Man game. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Almost immediately, I fell in love with the movement of Ori. Like it's just so fast and so fluid, and the combat felt amazing. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you. Um. Final Fantasy VII Remake has one of the best feeling like 3D action combats I think I've ever played. Once you are once you're in it, dude, you're so in it and you're everything you're doing feels intentional and like visceral and so clean and good. Oh, I can't explain it. It's one of my favorite combat systems ever. Um mm. and just doing those combat scenarios, you just get lost, you know? You're just you're in it. Uh, so I think that's a top contender for me personally. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, this was like my first time ever having like a combat system like that, and I was a little, I was well, kind of iffy with first, it at first. It is the first combat system like that. There's never been a thing where like you slowed like it's action and then you slow down yeah. time and you're building the up meters. One is fifteen, but it's not the same. Yeah, like this is it's, yeah, it's one of a kind. Maybe an hour of fifteen, but thirty even, minutes of like that the, was pushing a car. Yeah. Well, even just like Final Fantasy in general, I mean, this is truly the first one that I've played. So I really wasn't sure what to expect with this system. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I it took me a little bit. But once I got used to it, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. I really I like the election Final Fantasy is going with with its combat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Derek, are you do you agree with us on this? Uh, I agree in some places, but not in others but i think i agree that it belongs up there okay let's do it final fantasy 7 remake um what else we got boys astros playroom that does feel real good specific like Mm -hmm. it feels good in a whole in a whole new way where we've never been able to say a game feels good um so uh there's my uh confliction with Astro's Playroom is it's solely built on the DualSense controller have it doing what it's doing. That if you played that game on a PS4 controller, would it truly feel the same? No, but, but isn't that yeah, I was going to say, isn't that part of it though? It's designed I, I with that in mind. No, because this, this is the first time we've had a controller that really does like does all this cool stuff and so i i guess i have a hard time putting that above maybe some other games because those games came out before this thing existed i i don't know you know it's a tough Mm. like i feel like next year it'll be easier because every we can every game will have the opportunity to use the dual sense capabilities but this is the like, for like, not even like Spider Man Miles Morales does anything really interesting with the dual sense. I feel like uh, I would say below below Astro's Playroom, it does the most. Right, but it still doesn't really do. I I, I don't think having the dual sense made me enjoy the movement and like the game. It didn't. It maybe enhanced the game feel slightly, but the game itself is what felt good. 
I think I can understand what you're saying. Like the stuff in Spider Man didn't enhance the game feel; it enhanced the experience. Yes, but the game itself, okay. already on its own, feels very, very good. Where without mm. the Dual Sense, Astro's Playroom is just like a mediocre platformer. You know, I I can see both sides, but like I didn't consider that at all until you kind of talked about that, Derek. It's like how much how much value do we put in that controller feeling awesome and that just happening happening to be the game that did it first? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, yeah, it, I, I, like, like in twenty I, in twenty twenty one, will there be no Xbox games in this category because all the PlayStation games feel better because the control? Mm, right, it's right. A, it's a I, weird know, like, gray area. How hmm. should we judge the feeling of a game? post dual sense controller that is a that's a good question i don't know new I, category best use of dual sense controller for next year <laughs> honestly <laughs> based on, we'll have to see how the year plays out but best, that's not a best use of hardware that's not a bad idea like like yeah. hands down astro's playroom is best used of hardware if like that was a thing this year yeah um, yeah i don't know I, it's, I, it's a lot to consider I guess I have no problem with it being nominated, but I think it sets a precedent. I that I agree with you. I think if if we're gonna be, uh, yeah, if we're gonna be analyzing games based on how well they use a controller, then it you know. I think let's put it on the short list for now, and then talk about some other things. And then we can come back and feel it out from there. So you guys played way more of that game than I did, so I don't yeah. know if it actually is that like if if it's a really good platformer or not. I I don't. I, I think know. it is a very tight platformer, but 3D pl- yeah. or platformers as a whole isn't my necessarily favorite genre. Like so it's harder for me. Andrew, to... would you say it's a better platformer than Crash Four? Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Crash Four is great, but uh, but like once you get past the the Dual Sense stuff, like Astro still plays really well. Mm. You know, okay. like all of the all of and it, I think the most important thing is the response. You know, everything that or the input slash response, and it's that any anytime you press a button, it does what it should do, and there's nothing that doesn't make sense. And then even the motion controls are good. Okay. I haven't, I guess I didn't dive, I just didn't dive that far into it. Maybe uh, I should have. Um, All right, let's talk about some other stuff first and we can come back to this if we feel like we need to. I want to talk about Legends of Runeterra in kind of a different way than you expect game feel. Yeah, I I really want to know where you're going with this. So (laughs) So think about every other digital card game you've ever played. And how it kind of feels clunky and you're like the way mechanics work with each other and interact doesn't always feel like like playing Magic the Gathering Arena can be cumbersome at times. Whereas mm-hmm. Legends of Runeterra just works. Everything about it works like you were just talking about with Astro. Every input that you do and every like interaction that you're trying to achieve just works smoothly and flawlessly and you don't have to second guess any of it. So it's not like it's not a fluid, active 
good game feel like you get out of Ori or Spider-Man, but playing that game feels good because the interface and like interacting with it isn't a barrier between you and playing the game. It just it's like, you know, do I make any sort of sense? It no, you definitely make sense. But I don't know if it really falls under the jurisdiction of this definition. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that it's up for interpretation because, like, how like feeling is very interpretive, you know. Yeah, I it's definitely very agree with subjective. you. Subjective, uh, and I think card games being such an important thing to me, and this one doing it so well compared to every other one that I've played, mm-hmm. it's just I don't expect it to be on this list. I don't think I could ever get you guys to want to have it on the list, but I I just wanted to make sure I said my piece about how like Legends of Runeterra is the greatest digital card game. And it could yes. easily just be the greatest, like, competitive card game that's ever been made. Hmm. So, I've said my piece. <laughs> um, what about Hades? Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think it feels real good. Like every every weapon feels unique, and controlling Zagreus and dashing around and. And fighting people feels smooth and fluid. And I think that's... The, fluid, I think, is one of the biggest words in this category for us. Mm-hmm. Is like, how it's smooth... definitely it a feel? fluid and satisfying combat. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm just going to real quick add put, fluid to our put, definition. Yeah, I like it. Good call. Um, yeah, I just think it it just runs super well. Yeah. I don't I know if anyone anyone has any more thoughts I on like that. The, the dash, I, I really like the dash. It's not like too fast. It's not too slow. It's like too much of a lag in between them. Like, yeah. They did really well with hmm. the movement in that game, I feel. I think I didn't think about this game for this category just because the Joy-Cons suck. Yeah, but if you play it on a Pro Controller, it's, it's yeah. good. The problem is I will never sit down and be like, I'm going to play Hades <laughs> That's on my fair. TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's very fair yeah um i could i could easily put it on this list i don't know how do you feel derek so in the terms of 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 kind of fluidity and uh like fluid combat i would put doom on here over hades i um, i could give you that that game is just like you just go and you do yeah, and it at, just at feels its- good when you are in the zone with that game and you are just flying around the arenas, just killing uh, demons, just it's just it's kind of zen-like. Uh, you you feel like you're p- playing. You're not playing a first-person shooter, arena shooter anymore. You're you're playing like um, what's like the best compare? Like a combo-oriented action game, uh, like like devil may cry or something or mm. um so trying to think that, i guess there's nothing on this list that actually uh, is, like that. is like that but yeah. uh yeah they i feel like that would belong on here more than hades does so my one criticism of of uh doom in comparison to hades is everything in hades feels good to amazing whereas there's one thing in doom that does not feel good and that is like the platforming and clinging to walls and stuff like that all of that feels a little bit clunky but like the fluidity of moving through a level and 
strategically and systematically taking down enemies and picking up ammo and then punching them and ripping them in half all of that feels good but as soon as it's like okay jump on these three platforms and grab onto this wall it's like uh i mean to be fair doom guy is just this massive beast of a man so platforming probably wouldn't be <laughs> you, specialty. You, you can't say oh uh, we, we, we gotta ignore that aspect because the character's bulky <laughs> like, what come on it's true to the character um, I I guess it's those platforming like the base platforming ideas there hmm. that make the combat so fun and interesting when you finally do because you were using those uh, like gameplay ideas when you're doing it's just like I I guess I agree yeah it can feel a little clunky when it's like in between uh, combat arenas and you're like just traversing the world and you have to like you know dash over to a wall walk up the wall and then turn and like oh where's the next wall like like all that doesn't feel good i feel like it feels clunky because in comparison to the rest of the game it is very kind of slow and Mm. uh i guess a game that you could say does all of that a little better which i think only i played was ghost runner yeah, only mm. you played that, but that looked like that looked like a game that would feel really good to play. I yeah, don't know, what it, do you think? It is very, very satisfying to play, and I think the only uh, in the same way Doom is, and I think the only reason I didn't really get much further into it was because it's very hard. Uh, yeah, but it does, I guess, well what you were saying. It like the platforming sections don't feel tedious and like not well like the movement flow they the, they're well designed so the movement you like can flow out of a combat area into a platforming section and then back into combat and it feels really good yeah um the one thing it also does that makes it i think feel better is the instant response so when you die mm-hmm. you just go right back in there's no interruption to stuff um yeah i think it it if it's you... as if deserving you... as doom to be up here okay i guess i was gonna say if you say ghost runner should be on this list i would 100 percent believe you and put it on this list just because of like i've played games like that uh it gives me like celeste vibes and it gives me uh mm-hmm. what's what's the one with that cyber samurai um katana, uh, katana yeah, zero. it gives me katana zero vibes where it's like it's about mastering a small section yes and, yeah and, and then the instant respawn yeah executing it flawlessly and moving on and i feel like those two games are some of the like the best feeling games i've ever played so if you were like yeah this game needs to be on this list 100 percent, i would agree with you and not even contest it so that's up to you i'll let you make that choice (laughs) damn uh uh, yeah i I mean i guess if if you feel hades should be on this list then i feel ghost runner should be on the list okay i'm i don't know how andrew and tcom feel you can you can let us know but i I could 100% put Ghost Runner on this list. And it's a game that I want to play. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm up for that. Yeah, that's right, okay. Throw Ghost Runner on here. Um, a game we haven't talked about is Ghost of Tsushima. Hmm. What are our thoughts? I feel like the combat in that is feels so satisfying when you get good at it. Just the sword play. But I think a knock against it is the traversal. The traversal can be cumbersome and non-interesting at times 
So it's like half yeah. of the game is feels really good, and the other half is like, okay, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, I I, I guess I, I feel like I, there are games that have done pieces of what it fails at better. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the combat is is very fun and interesting, um, and it feels good to play. Yeah, I I would say it's like doing the yeah like climbing stuff is unfortunately maybe it's downfall. <laughs> yeah. What is everyone's thoughts on The Last of Us? <sighs> Does that game feel good to play? Bes- not emotionally. <laughs> because <laughs> the answer to that is no but anyone yes. have any thoughts? yeah I would say so yeah okay anyone want to elaborate a bit no one no one wants mm, to elaborate I didn't play it yeah I'm You're trying to play. remember just because it's been a while like I feel like the gunplay is very solid and <sighs> climbing stuff is pretty solid I feel like it's solid, but like no, I, yeah. Like looking at the rest of these these other four games, it's just like I feel like game feel isn't a part of The Last of Us. It's like its identity, you know. I feel like I, it it's solid. Yeah, I still think that Uncharted Four does Last of Us 2's gameplay better. Okay, so yeah, I I I don't see it being on this list. Okay. Um. What about Valorant? That's no. one of the tightest first-person shooters I think I've ever played. But I don't feel good walking in it. Yeah, I think that's a personal preference for you, but sure is. <laughs> I ask uh... that. Yeah, I'm curious on your opinion, Derek, and you too, Tikon, because you both play a lot of first-person shooters, and Andrew has made it known that he's not a big fan of the genre. Correct. I think that while it kind of compares to CS:GO and it's like game feel, I think using the, the some using some of the abilities can kind of be clunky and not very fluid okay. and take away from that. But yeah, so as, is that while it was beta or is that like I don't think it changed much full from game. from no. beta full game. It didn't change much after uh, like going in. I only played it in the beta. Yeah. It's yeah, playing similar. it post-release, I don't think anything changed that much when it came to like doing your abilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's sounding like a no. So it sounds like it's between Hades and Astros, right? Seems is, that way. is there anything else that anyone really was fighting for? Or in Doom, Doom was up there, right? Doom, yeah. So between those three. Um... Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about the worst I... feeling game of this year was Fall Guys. <laughs> but that's that's intentional. And so yeah. I think that that yeah. loops back around to being the best feeling. Game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, um, Derek, you played this a lot. What about Assassin's Creed? Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. Okay. That does not okay. feel good. The... I didn't play very far, so I wasn't sure if maybe it got better. That combat in that game is so heavy. Mm. Uh, I mean that makes sense. It's a Viking. Very like, there are so many better ways so, to do. I I don't know. Yeah. I have I kind of have a little pet peeve on how all these games are switching to the uh, Dark Souls style of of doing combat, but none of them can execute it as good. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like uh, 
for every single category we've talked about, I've thought about Assassin's Creed Valhalla and been like, no. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't come close. Until I was just looking at the list and it's like, oh wait, we haven't talked about this like at all. Maybe yeah. maybe it's got something. Nope. I mean, all it right. does a lot of things good. It just doesn't do them the best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got Astro, we got Doom, we got Hades. What is everyone leaning towards? Tikon, what are you leaning towards? Lean towards Astro. Mm-hmm. Tikon, what are you leaning towards? Um Yeah, I didn't beat Astro either, but like you played enough of it, though. Yeah, I played enough of it where it really did. Yeah, I think I'll give it to Astro. It felt really good to play. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally leaning towards Hades between the three. What about you, Derek? Uh, I'm probably leaning a little toward more towards Doom. But I, I'm i going to be honest. I kind of want to see Astro on this list. All right. Fuck it. Astro's playground. Yeah, I think it sure. upsets me a little bit that Hades isn't here. But I think it's it's great, I mean, but it doesn't excel. Where Ori excels, Spider Man excels, Final I would Fantasy put excels. Hades above Final Fantasy. Mm, that combat is the best feeling three mm, D combat yeah, in my life. No, I can't. Yeah, no. I don't think Hades' combat is that great. Yeah, I think no. I think see, I think Hades is very good and very solid, but it doesn't do anything. Amazing. It does its job for its game, but that's just that's. Yeah. And that's a very personal take. I think that sometimes when I'm playing Final Fantasy, I get kind of i confuse myself a lot trying to navigate through the menus and i'll accidentally like hit the wrong button and i'm like wait shit oh uh, man so. no i oh especially those <laughs> boss fights i'm just that is my world and it, uh it's like another yeah, language it's like I love yeah it. i think it when it works it works don't get me wrong but the problem is i feel I, that i it doesn't work for me way too often and that's probably very much like my own fault I was gonna say, as a human. I think gamers have a <laughs> phrase for that, and I think it's get good. I guess to that same level, I would say the pathless, when it works, feels fucking amazing. Mm, yeah, the problem right. with that is that anytime there is downtime, it feels awful. Yeah, it's so polarizing. So like, yeah, the lows of that game are way too low for it to really... Uh, it's this yeah. consistency. That makes sense. All right, so I think we're locked. We got mm-hmm. best game feel: Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost Runner, and Astro's Playroom. Okay, two more, the two big ones. Here we go: mm-hmm. best game direction, the game that best delivers on its creative vision. I feel like Final this fantasy. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy. Uh. What it did, like the game direction of taking the original, make like making it feel modern, but also adding new things. Like how many times have we mentioned, like there's no way Hell House would work, and they fucking made Hell House work. <laughs> you know, yeah, this this game redefines what a remake can be. Absolutely, it, the, yeah. Like it's pretty insane. Uh, Last of Us Part Two. I think. Its direction is very mm. good. I think it flubs in some of its uh, narrative execution, but I think that doesn't take away from the overall ideas that it's going for. We could put it on the short list if people don't feel strong about it. Yeah, I have no idea. I I yeah. think it belongs in best game direction. That sounded like it pained you a little bit. Are you sure? Put it on the short list for now. We'll we can yeah. loop back around. Um, 
Hades. Hades, yeah. That, Hades. The gameplay loop, uh, or like being adding the, the story to a roguelike. Yeah, the, yeah, the first successful roguelike to have a, a good story. Uh, I think it's it has to be on this list. It does something no other thing in its genre has accomplished. Um, so yeah, I think that's a very good one. Here's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Would the fact that it was went through early access disqualify it from game direction? Because its original creative vision probably doesn't match up with what it became due to early access. No. I think no? that's okay. just Supergiant being smart. <laughs> because I think from early... The general concept of the game was there from the very beginning of early access. They just refined mechanics and like individual small story beats, but the general idea never changed. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I didn't I all I knew I didn't know anything about this game through its early access. Yeah. So. I, I looked into some of its stuff and like a lot of it was there. It's just like, okay. okay, right now all we have is the the run through Tartarus. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like they added more and more as they went, but that general gameplay loop with with like storytelling that persisted was there from the beginning. Okay. All right. Anyone else got some stuff? Ghost Playroom of Shishi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's tackle let's tackle Ghost first because I think that's something we could all get behind. <laughs> uh, all right, Derek. Why Ghost? Uh. Because it is a samurai movie in video game form, and I think it probably is the best directed game on, or it best it delivers completely on its creative vision. Yeah, no, it, that's that is yeah, the best they, samurai game ever. They set out to make a samurai game with influences from like samurai culture and samurai movies and that's what this game was if you didn't like leave this game wanting to watch every samurai movie in existence then like i don't know what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah no i'm right there with you for sure um all right andrew talk about um (laughs) astro is well, just player room gonna get nominated for game of the year like can i just prepare my should i just prepare myself <laughs> uh i don't think so i don't think it can but it but but if we want to talk about creative vision you know that game excels at what it's doing which is to showcase the the ca- capabilities of the dual sense controller you know for uh, see it's hard because for me it's a platform it's just a 3d platformer Yes, it's it's just a very nice 3D platformer. It's not doing anything astonishing and wow besides the way the controller feels. But, but that's th- the point. That but that's is a, the creative vision. But that's a hardware thing. Like every game in the future on PS5 is going to theoretically give us that. You know, hopefully. I don't okay. know. It's I don't see how the future has any impact on what's happening uh. right now. I I like mostly agree with Andrew on this. Okay. Like I feel like in like for for yeah, they set out to do that and they did exactly that and, they and it's it. they nailed it. It's yeah. a 
yeah, it showcases the 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 abilities of the Dual Sense. It's a celebration of of the history of PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, that they did is. great with that. All the little like tidbits with all the robots throughout the levels. I mean, if you're gonna, I guess if we're gonna look at the definition of it, it, it delivered on what it set out to do. Yeah, Fantastic. and in a very satisfying and fun way. So, are we putting Astro's Playroom on this list? Is that happening? Does everyone does everyone agree about that? I think so. Okay, fuck it, put it on. Well, if why everyone, the hell not? If everyone's cool with it, um, how about Yakuza? Convince me. I have no idea. Uh, the game it's direction on, is it's a, in my personal top five. The game direction is a guy who sees the world like he's an RPG hero, and no one else does. Yeah. And it takes a very interesting, unique combat perspective where it's you are fighting on the streets and you're picking up random stuff to beat people up, but he's perceiving these people as like, like as opposed to just basic mob people, they are I don't know they're all like caricatures of a certain archetype. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't sound very convincing, and I don't know if I think it should be here. But I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to talk about it and see if anyone else felt yeah. like especially you, Andrew. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, it's in my personal top five for sure, but I don't know if it should be in the collective top five. Mm. You know, like I think what it's doing is great, um, as existing as like a parody to JRPGs. Um, yeah, but it's 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 hard to see that. The like direction for the game is anything that's not. It's a JRPG in the Yakuza universe. I think. You know? I think it's the direction of making fun of JRPGs in a loving mm-hmm. love letter way. Yeah, is very unique and well done. I agree. But I I think is there anything here that beats The Last of Us? That's the big question. Probably not. That's what I'm starting to think. I think what Last of Us is doing with its story is very, very unique to video games, and they're pushing a like a a boundary that hasn't been done in video games. And while we all agree that it wasn't executed perfectly, what they were still trying to do, I think they did a very good job with. Yeah, like this game made me feel a lot of things, and that's what they wanted you to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Like their their idea is to make you feel for Abby and Andrew. That's like that's that's your girl. You know, you feel mm-hmm. for Abby. You care about I Abby. Mean, they did an amazing I know, job. With I that. wouldn't call her my girl per se. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. They wanted to you to care about Abby and question Ellie, and they did. That. I I prefer her over Ellie. <laughs> so I I don't know about you guys, but I think this should be the last of us. I think it should be too. Okay. Tikan, you cool with that? Sure. All right. Final Fantasy is on there. So nominations for best game and direction are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, Astro's Playroom, and The Last of Us Part Two. All right. This is it. Okay. The big one. Game of the year. I feel like we've already addressed a lot of these games and what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And I feel like a lot of the discussion has already been had and it's more so us just picking out narrowing them yeah. down and i think 
I think I can go down and list based on what we've said the games that need to be on here. Final Fantasy Throw 7. Them out. Final Fantasy yes. 7 remake needs to be on here. I will fight anybody. Yes. I agree. Uh Ghost of Tsushima needs to be on here. Correct. Ori and the Will of the Wisps needs to be on here. And Hades needs to be on here. I have no qualms uh, with those. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, uh, yeah, it sounds Derek. like you might have some qualms. No, I'm just thinking, what is going to go in that last yeah, spot? And then, and then, this is the tough <laughs> spot. What is this last game? I think. Don't you dare uh, say Astro's player. Animal Crossing. Um, uh, Spider Man. I think Spider Man is a, a very high contender. I think. I think. Yeah. I think Yakuza could be a very high contender. I I Yakuza and Spider Man are my like last two. Yeah, I'm I'm going down the list. It's like I feel like for us, per, like Last of Us is not in my personal top five, and I don't. I have a feeling it's in none of our personal top fives. It's not even in my top ten. <laughs> Derek, did Last of Us make it into your own personal top five list? Uh, I think it might be. Yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Where? Right here, baby. So, it sounds like it's a, like, Spider-Man, Last of Us, Yakuza are the three that we need to pick between. Unless there's anything else anyone can think of. But I'm pretty sure those are, like, the big three for us. Yeah. I want, I want my, thoughts. My, I think, I think it's those three, yeah. Spider-Man, but of the three, that's the only one I played. That's... Mine's also Spider-Man. And I'd probably still pick Spider-Man. Derek? What was, wait, what was the third? Yakuza? Yakuza. I mean, yeah, like I played Spider-Man, so it's a lot easier to put that my vote there. As much as I think I'll like Yakuza, I know for a fact that you like Spider-Man Spider was like one of my top games that I played this year. Yeah. I yeah, I I think it should be Spider-Man. My main reasoning is I love what Yakuza's doing. I haven't picked it up in like 3 weeks. I also it's just haven't picked something it up in like about three it. Weeks. It's just like I would rather play Persona. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, also, Persona I mean, Five would win all of these categories if that was all yes, Persona yes, Five Royal. <laughs> Best but, multiplayer, really? Yep. If you come sit <laughs> on the couch next to me, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I think us as a group, it's Spider Man. That game just feels so it incredible to, to play. It has an incredible story. Mm -hmm. It's a tight what package. Is doing parallel to the like canon marvel universe is pretty incredible too yeah all right lock it in lock it in ladies that and gentlemen the game sharks podcast official game of the year nominees are final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima ori and the will of the wisps hades and spider-man miles morales and that is it we have come to the end of all of our nominations <laughs> How are we feeling about it, boys? Are we feeling good? Did we do a good job? Yeah, I think yeah. pretty pretty good. I just got re-disappointed that Cyberpunk sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was oh. really hoping it would be on here, but... Oh, it's, it's on here. Just well, most disappointing game. Well, yeah, that's why it's disappointing. Uh, that's kind of uh, sad that that's all it made it into. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was mentioned for a couple other things, but... Yeah, but just didn't make it. All right, so... Here's what's going to happen. 
Over the next several days, the four of us are going to heavily consider all of these nominees. We are going to rank them in order from best to worst. And then we're going to create an aggregate list that only I will know the answers to. Uh, based on a point scoring system that we used earlier in the year for best games of the decade. And next week's episode, we will announce the winners. One category at a time. Now, listener, it is your turn to do your part. If you go over to thegamesharks.com on the homepage, we will have available uh, a voting system where you can vote for your favorite in each of these categories. And a speci- uh, it will be awarded, the winner of each category will be awarded a certain amount of points to be contributed in factoring in the winners of each category. So, you have a chance to alter the f- destiny of the Game Sharks Podcast 2020 Game of the Year. So, go to thegamesharks.com and vote for your favorites in each of the categories. And yeah, we'll see how much it has an effect on things. And next week, we're going to announce the winners. I'm super excited about it. But I guess with that, we are Finn. 